0: Welcome to Pro Running News Episode 2. Thanks for joining, David. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. The news has just come out about the Kenyan doping situation. Uh, Our first episode was all about that, and we learned that Kenya was not banned, ultimately, but they're basically doubling down on their efforts to crack down on doping in Kenya, which is sort of what we thought might happen, although we didn't explicitly say in the pod. Um, Yeah, interesting. Yeah, Yeah,
1: makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's what WADA suggested there's some evidence that uh, the initial efforts and the initial funding have cracked uh, you know have made a difference so now doubling down on that or I mean five times inning yeah. that I think they
0: did 25 million so, so they had a five million dollar um, push in 20, 2021 from what I understand uh, and they've now up that to 25 million yeah. yeah I could have the timing wrong on when those injections were but either way yeah. they doubled down yeah on the, yeah
1: for sure so that's good to see um, I think we would struggle to have good track and
0: field, uh, definitely good marathons without Kenya. So yeah, uh, happy to see for sure. Topic number two or episode number two, uh, we're talking all about media in running, and we're obviously touching a little bit here on uh, on triathlon as well because one thing that we've regularly spoken about off air is media in running, and uh, you know how it's uh, progressing, and we both take close notice to the triathlon and the Ironman. And agree that they've uh, they're way ahead of the game in uh, in media, comparing to running. So uh, I shared with you a couple of nights ago a really good documentary from Ironman all about the uh, the Kona World Ironman Championships, and I was just blown away at how well it was produced. Uh, it's basically a for anyone you know interested, you can find it on, on YouTube. We'll have a link in the show notes in the here. show notes here. It's basically Kona. Uh, Edited down to about an hour and twenty five minutes. For for reference, for those that don't know, Kona is a flying man. It's the World Championships in Hawaii every year. It's it's one in around seven hours and forty minutes, and they've they've boiled it down to an hour and twenty something minutes. And the commentary is unreal. The footage is up close. It's really good. And we were just wondering, how does running do this, and how does running do anything like this? And it got us talking and we thought this would be a great topic for episode two.
1: Yeah. And maybe the other question is why isn't running doing this? Yes. Is, it, is it possible? There's one question, but but it doesn't look like it's even being attempted. I mean, we talked a little while ago on a run uh, just after um, the last marathon that was on, which was New York. And I'd watched it, but I watched it on the app and it had no commentary. And I'm a running nerd and I hated it. I was like, yeah. this is boring. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's where we're at is we've got it's difficult to watch, whereas, you know, you can watch you can stream Kona online uh via the website. So the access is there compared to um you know compared to running and, and maybe that's because the the rights for Kona aren't sold whereas running is so maybe there's a component there where you'd say actually running's ahead, they're selling rights whereas uh whereas Iron Man isn't but uh you yeah, know, it is good to watch. It's pretty central. It's got one app, right? So every Iron Man in the world, if you want to track it, you just have the Iron Man app. You don't have to have the New York app and it doesn't yeah. change every year. It's one Ironman app that updates consistently for each event, and you can follow one athlete, right? So if you're a fan of Eli Kipchoge, you follow him on the Ironman app, and then you see him for every Ironman he does, and he will alert you when he's doing Ironmans. It's little things like that that yeah. I think make a huge difference.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. And of course, we're not only, we don't want to limit this topic to racing. So far, the first three and a half minutes we've spoken about racing, but we also want to talk about media in general, and how if you compare the top triathletes in the world, the majority of them now have really good YouTube channels. In running, that's not really the case. Uh, Some have YouTube channels, very few, but uh, we'd like to discuss why that might be, why the content, in my opinion, uh, and I'm a runner, so I'm biased to running. I've never done a triathlon, I don't have any interest to, but I actually think triathlon is doing a far better job from the triathletes in the media space. Uh, From my standpoint, which I think I have quite a strong standpoint because I request media from athletes in both sports constantly. uh, In my opinion, triathlon is way ahead of running in many regards uh one large one is they're much more open to uh receiving invitations for podcasts even though in running that you know, i would say over 80 percent of athletes are, are receptive at least to requests for uh podcasts and the sweat elite podcasts. Uh but when it comes to videos it's it's really interesting to see how many athletes are producing such a good content so let's talk yeah i mean we, we've got all these theories and ideas and it'd be good to dive into them yeah
1: yeah i think Part of it's runners are a little bit uh, secretive as well. They, some of them don't want to talk too much. I mean, there's this discussion. The fact that uh, theres it's seen as positive that a runner is on Strava and shares their stuff, and even the discussion of do you share everything or do you only share some things, these sort of things are, you know, let's let's set aside the, the safety aspects that have affected people like Molly, um, Molly Seidel, and that's very reasonable and very and I agree with that, and I can concur 100% that, you know, you don't want safety to be an issue, but let's talk about just being open. I mean some of the world's best triathletes share everything on hmm. Strava and, and that's most of them yeah. yeah and again there is another cultural aspect to this which is some of the world's best runners don't use watches right and don't use Strava so that, that is a different discussion but the openness and the willingness to share is, is real in triathlon and I don't think it feels like everyone understands that there's no secrets and nothing's really magic happening even in you know cushion Blumenfeld Gustav Eden two of the world's best triathletes like they're,
0: they're very open their coach is very open about what they do as well yeah that's definitely true um, I think one aspect too, which is a really tricky one, is that in the sport of triathlon, all if you look at the top 10 in, in the Olympic distance, the half Ironman and the full Ironman, they're all from, from the US, Europe and, and Australia and, and New Zealand and these first world countries that are uh, way ahead of the game uh, in a sense of technology, uh, yeah. putting aside sport altogether, um, way ahead of uh, the rest of the world when it comes to social media um even education mm. uh, in being media trained in school and then in running we're not looking at the same picture at mm. all because uh, you know unfortunately or fortunately or however, which way you want to look at it um most of the at least in the distance running world are the top 10 rankings are from africa mm. where they're not media trained so much it's not their fault which mm. is how it is um a lot of them don't have instagram and they don't have facebook they don't have anything other than a other than maybe a flip phone from Nokia with some mm. some credit to send some text messages, so yep. that's a challenge because when you're not ranked in the top ten in the world, it might not give you such a drive to create such content, and you might think you're not worthy of doing so. So that's another whole thing in itself, uh, and that's not something that can be changed uh, at all anytime soon. Or you know, the, I mean, the only thing you can do there is just wait for media to become um, you know more wide stream in those countries. So. That's a whole other aspect, but there's a lot of ways to to look at this. But I think you're right in that quite a few uh, groups at least and athletes in in the running world sort of still feel like their training is some sort of secret recipe. And I I mean, (laughs) I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. I don't buy it. Um,
1: (laughs) uh, If there is a secret recipe, it's not in the training. Let's put it that way. Um, (laughs) I also think there's a component of... um, a lot of runners, even from the countries we, we just mentioned, uh, where there's dominance in triathlon, if you look at some American runners, definitely some Australian runners that uh, we know, um, there's this view that you should just run fast and get rewarded for it. Mm. Um, and I just don't think that's where we're at anymore, mm. unfortunately. If you're not out in the media, if you're not adding, you know, especially as a marathoner, like you've got, if you're lucky, three good marathons in your year yeah. at a high level. Um, you're not... And then you can run other races, of course, but you're not going to be brands are not going to see the ROI that they're looking for anymore. If you've run three races a year and do well, like that's not enough for them. They want to see your Instagram with training. They want to see photos of their products. They want you on podcasts. They want you interviewed. They want you creating content. I mean, if you think about it, yeah, that's a huge part of it. And maybe the difference is in triathlon, they get sponsored by a numerous brands so that there's more money uh, to, to be out there, right? You've got a bike sponsor and footwear and maybe apparel and maybe nutrition and that. Whereas in running, it's like, all right, shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that does your apparel as well and then maybe if you're lucky you're you step out a little bit and you've got something extra maybe it's
0: inside tracker or Red Bull or something but yeah there's, there's not many of them yeah I think you're absolutely right though with what you said when when you said uh, there's a lot of athletes still in the boat of thinking that this sport is not about media it's about running fast and of course that comes before anything else there's no there's no point in making a YouTube channel and a podcast if you're not training properly and you're not racing well uh, of course, we go through our periods of time and we might not might not race well, but um, that's different. But uh, there, there definitely is a school still that believes that it's just about putting the results on the board. And I agree with you. I, I, I just, I'm biased because I, I run a media company in running, but um, I just think that's well in the past now. And I think now if you want to build an audience and you want to build loyal fans and you want to have a shot at getting more sponsors, you need to be making an effort um, even if it's against your person, you know, if it's not natural to you, you need to you need to make it natural no. if you can. It's it's tough for some people. I mean, I've got a few examples of, um, of which I won't name names, but there's one triathlete, um, you know, very high level triathlete that I don't know personally, but I've been interested in maybe starting a YouTube channel with them. They're, they're based in, in the UK, and um, they're, they're struggling with the idea of, of doing it because it's not them. It's not. It's a, people can probably piece together who this might be, but it's it's not something that comes natural to them. Yeah and they like the idea of it but it's it's tough yeah. It's yeah.
1: Not... It is and you've got to be look you filming somebody right ride right ride on Zwift for 2 hours like that's not a youtube channel right like just them sitting there they've got to talk to you there's got to be a thing around it so there is a big aspect of personality that needs to come through and I think part of that is authenticity as well and it needs to be authentic and there's not a lot of personalities that sort of like really come out and running I mean elite Kipchoge is a good example he has a really um, infectious personality that people love and that's one of the reasons he succeeded beyond his actual running fast I mean the other one that comes to mind is Josh Kerr who actually doesn't race that frequently but he's very outspoken and really like um, feels almost like a boxing promotion for yeah. some of the stuff he does which is great and I'm, I'm absolutely not throwing stones I think that's no, awesome and it's great for see more of him. Yeah. Yeah, in and my I opinion. think yeah and, and look again without wanting to say look look how good triathlon is and look how bad running is it's not the goal but I mean there was a lot of conflict um, leading into a race this year that actually ended up uh, in the pto between a couple of triathletes and look the actual head-to-head between them was pretty bad like one of them didn't perform and it was pretty boring because it was a it was a killing but to be honest that lead-up was amazing for the media and the talk and all of that and there's just not that in running it just doesn't happen it's kind of like all right let's watch them all run at a certain pace until they also slowly pop and then
0: the final guy will will continue on yeah referring to uh, I'm sure he won't mind being mentioned Sam Laylow and yeah. Sam long yeah um, yeah I'm, I'm uh, speaking with Sam now about some videos and um, and you know I spoke to him about this and yeah. he's he actually wanted the the feud to continue yeah. and he, he what well, he didn't want Sam to, to, yeah. to make friends with him yeah. uh, because he gets it he yeah. gets it the sports the sports a bit boring yeah. uh, running and triathlon can be bland I mean you said it yourself you struggled to watch a major marathon yeah. um, so we need to spice things up a little bit and when there actually is some some uh, hard not hard feelings, but some beef between some athletes, it needs yeah. to be. I think it it should be shown in a way. Of course, it needs to be controlled. Yeah, but we don't want to don't want to go go overboard. But um, in that case, it certainly went nowhere near overboard. It was. Yeah. I mean, people listening, probably actually don't know what happened there yeah. because most of the people listening were runners. Yeah. but uh, it was basically a press conference before the race, and and uh, they were. It was Lionel Sanders, Sam Long, and Sam Laidlow, Three three very high level triathletes and Sam Laidlow just started uh, throwing some uh, some chat out at Sam Long saying that yeah. he takes the whole sport too seriously Yeah, and Sam Long got a little bit offended by it, stormed out of the room and uh, PTO, the the organisation that ran the event, really took hold of that whole drama and spread it online and everyone yeah. thought it was really fascinating yeah. and uh, like you said the race wasn't that exciting, no. but the build up was. Yeah, for sure and it's
1: yeah, you know, it, it's very interesting to, to see how that played out and, and that. And I think it's, you know, it's a lot like boxing promotion, if we're honest. And and to use a, a running analogy, it might be more like 100 meters, where the guys are all talking, like they're talking crap about each other, they're talking crap about how they're going to win, they're, they're the best. And we just don't do that in distance running. It's And look, there's definite differences in the events and personality types and, and all that. But but I think it's, uh, it's really important. Um, and I'm wondering if there's a component here about, you know, thinking about in a more meta sense around... Willingness to use media and, and be out there, and I'm wondering if it's somewhat to do with the reflection of when the sports came into the fore. Mm-hmm. Right, there's a long history in running, right, of just do the work and and you know be a lot of people like you know be working class runners, and you know the fact that you're even a professional runner is a privilege, and all these things versus triathlon, which is very young. Yeah, um, it's a very young sport comparatively. Yeah, so especially um,
0: Ironman's quite young, isn't it? I think, yeah. yeah, I mean, I
1: know the first like the the real. Uh, Uptick in triathlon came around the Sydney 2000 Games where it became an Olympic sport. So that was the first Olympic Games for it. So that's 20 years ago, uh, 22 years ago uh, now. So um, that was the Olympic sport. Obviously preceding that, then you have a period of growth and hype because it's coming into the Olympics and you have a knowledge of that for four to eight years. So there's definitely, there was an uptick there. I'm not sure about when, you know, the original Ironman stuff was, but let's be honest, like um, Ironman has taken off much, in, in a similar way to trail running, having taken off off the back of marathoning is a bit of that from Ironman, I think, which is just kind of people going like, "Oh, let's go longer, let's go longer." I can't really go much faster. I can't really compete there, but I can go longer and challenge myself in that way. Yeah. So, um, I think it probably came off the back. You know, I, I don't think most people would uh, say that Ironman preceded Olympic big distance triathlon popularity. I think it was the other way around. Yeah, for sure.
0: I mean, we haven't really, we, you know, dialing back to the beginning of this whole conversation. Why are we even talking about this? And and I think, in my opinion, we're talking about this because. At least we both come from the standpoint of wishing that the sport had better media for fans and for people interested in joining the sport, whether they're out of high school or they're out of college or they're in the 30s or 40s or 50s. But I tell this story all the time when people ask me what brought me into running because I came into running somewhat late uh, as a as a as a uh, competitive uh, 19, 20, 21 year old in the middle distances. I actually started running when I was uh, just before I turned 18, and I was. Uh, attracted to the sport by, I hate to say it, uh, Flow Track videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, Flow are sort of a competitor Sweat Elite. Now, they mostly uh, do race broadcasting, so they we don't cross over too much. Um, but I I was introduced to them from a friend. Um, they were Workout Wednesday videos, of which, of course, we've uh, done very similar things on our YouTube channel now. And I just thought they were fascinating. They were very well produced. Um, they were really motivating and inspiring. And ultimately, the reason for having this whole uh, chat about this whole idea is because, you know, we have to ask the question is, why do we want better media in the first place? Well, I think it's just, you know, if you look at the sports that are really doing well, there's just great media. And that's as a result of a few different parties, as the athletes involved, the coaches, the media companies. But yeah, it's, it's really interesting to go, to go to the bottom of this and try and understand how running could be better. Uh, if anything, because triathlon, in my opinion, both are our opinion, mm. and we're biased to running. We're runners, yeah. so yeah, we can't. Yeah. We're not biased to triathlon at all. Yeah. But uh, we look at triathlon and often think, why isn't that done in running? Like, yeah. why isn't it? And that Ironman documentary that I referred yeah. to in the first minute, just was, I was like, how how can we do this? Well, and I don't know. I,
1: I have watched more triathlon this year than I have running,
0: and that's not because I like. Yeah, triathlon, same, it just yeah. it
1: just it's more engaging for me for some reason. And maybe it's the nature of the sport. It's more of a race. It's not about times for the most part, mm. um, and there are three disciplines and there are different strengths and weaknesses in them. And so it would be more akin to doing, you know, portion of the marathon on the track, a portion of it on hilly, uh, muddy trail, and then maybe a portion on the road, right? Where you all of a sudden have different strengths and weaknesses of different runners that all of a sudden then you're like, oh, okay, this is actually, oh, well, he's ahead now, but he's going to be brought back and, oh, he's going off the front because he can't do this. Like that race dynamic is very different. Mm. And I'm wondering if that's part of it as well, rather than, let's be honest when you're running a major marathon these days it's kind of like alright they're all going out at the same pace yeah. and they're slowly going to burn off and then the winner's going to be there and it, in running's credit or two running's credit the last bunch of this year's marathon majors have actually been really close there's yeah. been sprint finishes in at least one of the two men's or women's races for probably all of them I think I couldn't I, I'm yeah. speaking a bit out of turn but I know New York had the sprint finish in the women's um, I know uh, I think Boston had a sprint finish in the men's and the women's uh can't remember the rest, but yeah, there's, but, been, but, yeah, there's been, tight, been quite a few yeah. that have been you know within a sec, a couple of seconds, which is huge, yeah. right? Um, when you see that sprint, I know I ran Boston this year, and, and my wife was on the corner um just before Boylston, and so that you're talking about less than less than five hundred meters from the finish, and she was saying they were together at that time, like mm-hmm. that's unheard of, and then you turn on to... You know, you you turn up you make your two your two turns, and you know, all of a sudden they're sprinting down the street, four hundred meters. Like that's great. Like everyone wants to see that. We'd be happy with that in an eight hundred, let alone a yeah. a marathon. So, so it's not that the quality of the race isn't there. It's that maybe the dynamics don't change too much because everyone sort of runs within themselves, and then it's it's about the sprint finish. So yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, it's slightly different when you're talking about the middle distances. Yeah, I feel like they're a little bit more of a. um yeah. it's funny. Like I, I I regularly talk to people about. Um, why they're interested in watching the Olympics and the World Champs, but n- they don't really care that much about Diamond League, yeah. and it's obvious because Diamond League is a paced race, yeah. and you know more or less what the outcome is going to be. It's going to be, let's take the 1500 for example. It's normal, depending on weather. Let's say it's good weather and it's a, yeah. it's in a you know it's in a fast uh, fast venue. Uh, it's almost always going to be won in 329, 330. Yeah. Uh, you almost know who's going to be winning. Or t- Jakob's going to be there. Yeah. Timothy Cherry's going to be there. Um, but yeah, when it comes to the Olympics and it's tactical, that all changes. Yeah, and uh, it's still very difficult to beat those guys that I mentioned, but yeah. it's a different ball game. Um, and yeah, so referencing back to Ironman triathlon, you're right. It's ch- like I-, I went to the to Abu Dhabi to the World Triathlon Grand Final, and I- it was so fun to watch that race yeah. because off the bike there was two packs, um, a pack of I think eight or nine, and then a huge pack of other guys in the second pack about forty five seconds back there was. Alex Yee Morgan Pearson Hayden Wield all the fast runners and so in the run which was 2.5k laps so for spectators that was great too Yeah. The, the places were changing constantly and Morgan Pearson went from 35th to 2nd in one lap and then Alex Yee went backwards and then came back and that oh, no, wow. was great yeah, yeah really good so yeah I think there's a big component there I think there's nothing we
1: can really do about that, though, is there? No. Well, unless we
0: take pacemakers out of major marathons, and
1: they are right, so yeah. they're not in Boston, they're not in New York, and they're probably mm. there's an argument that those are you know more exciting and, and uh, more enjoyable to watch. And are, yeah. I think we've got this affinity for world records, be it on the track, right, pacing them, or in world marathon majors and, and running fast, and and that's fine. We all want to run fast, we all want to see people run fast, but I'd rather see a good race. Oh, yeah. um, and I think if you think about some of the popular runners at the moment, they're often the ones who who race more than they uh, run fast, yes. so. You know, Des is is sort of going off the front in New York to really push the pace and try and break that pack like that stuff is what people love Um, I'm not sure Brooks love it or maybe they do because she gets on camera but um, I think it's cool I think it's great we we need to see more racing less um, time trialling in general I think I think that would be part of it and I think we need to understand people's stories and I think that's Maybe to, to come full circle, you know, Iron Man are telling the story during the, the Iron Man and uh, we're seeing that from YouTube channels, we're getting to know these people and then you buy in, right? I, I started watching Iron Man because I met Christian and Gustav and then I'm like, oh, I'll watch these guys because I know them and I bought in, right? And I said that to uh, Gustav um, and... and he, he thanked you for that. <laughs> yeah. He said he'll keep doing it then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, very tongue-in-cheek, but I really appreciated that as well. But. Yeah. You know, so that's how you... If you don't know people, you don't buy it. You don't care, yeah. right? I'll watch... I'll madly check some mar- marathon in Australia because I know some people running it. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll track them all because you got buy-in
0: and that's so important. Yeah. The, I, I always talk about this individual when this topic comes up. The master in this space of which... This is actually someone that most people listening here would probably not have even heard of is Lionel Sanders. So Lionel Sanders is a triathlete. Um, he is a very good one. He is... Uh, pretty inconsistent at least over the previous 12 months he came second at the World Ironman Championships last year Um, since then he's had a very up and down season Uh, you know I don't know where his PTO or world ranking is but it's probably around what 6th to 10th somewhere in there for reference uh, because I'm assuming some people don't know who he is but his YouTube channel is what got me into triathlon I still don't really want to run a triathlon uh, to uh, to complete a triathlon or try one but I tune into most of them now because of him and he's exactly what you mentioned before in that he shares his whole journey by YouTube he's got a he's got a channel with about 125,000 subscribers mm. each each video gets around 60 to 80k views um, but he shares all the struggles as yeah. well and that's the thing that I think gets people really hooked on his yeah. channel because when he has terrible races he'll film a video the next day yeah. and talk about how pissed he is and how he, how he mucked that up and how he mm-hmm. wants to quit and, and people are just like this guy is like one of the best in the world and he thinks about quitting and Leaving altitude camps early because he hates it, and and it's like, well, that's real. That's yeah. what everyone goes through. It's not they're not any different to anyone else. And um, I've really loved his stuff. Uh, I, I highly recommend anyone that has a faint interest in triathlon. And people listening to this that are triathletes would know all about yeah. this. <laughs> but, I, I um, would I would
1: encourage runners to watch him run and tell yeah. me, and tell me what if just grab a clip of him and tell me where you think he is in a run because that guy looks like he's about to die from minute one to like the end of it. He'll he'll finish. He'll close running low three minute kilometers, looking like he's running a ten minute kilometer and dying. And he'll speed up. It's unbelievable. He's also chipped a tooth because he was gritting so hard. So yeah. I mean, this guy is just the, the perfect character. He's awesome. Yeah. He's you know everything I love is this grit and just sort of gritting his teeth. And he raced without a tooth because he chipped it and then
0: couldn't get it replaced. And, In time, and, yeah. Yeah, this yeah, is awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just loved it. If if I mean to put it simply. If, if the sport of running had 10 or 15 Lionel sanders he would be in such a different place yeah I think yeah um, and, and that's that's what I always think about and how do we how does it happen though we don't I mean he is a unique personality for sure yeah. anyone that watches one of his episodes would re- and takes close attention would realize he has a real a, yeah. a real unique personality that's tough to really like engine you can't engineer that no, no but no, no. that's authentic
1: uh, I, I think it's we need to be we, we need to not and en- force athletes to be vanilla right and you see you hear this in sport a lot it's like oh you know 110% all credit the boys or whatever like all these cliches because that's what we expect out of them we don't want them to tell us it sucks or tell us that they're pissed off or whatever and it's the same in running it's like let's let them be themselves tell us they're pissed off tell us they don't like someone tell us that like we shouldn't be trying to force them to be professionals in in inverted commas and be really vanilla and, and that like media training isn't about you can't say anything wrong media training's about how to speak to the media and that sort of thing well I think it should be anyway and Mm. being authentic to yourself is you can say you're disappointed you can say all these things and we shouldn't be um, you know we shouldn't be penalising people for that we should let them be themselves whether they want to be kooky or whether they want to be quiet or whatever like we need to encourage individuality
0: yeah for sure and I think you nailed it when like you sort of hinted it they have to be prepared to put some stuff online that they might originally be uncomfortable with yep because that's often the stuff that people like the most yeah. and that relate to the most. Um, you know, I know there's a, there's quite a few top distance runners in the US, more specifically females, that put out stuff that's really... Um, I mean, Molly Sodell is quite good at this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gwen Jorgensen is good at this, yeah. triathlete, um, yeah. of which I did a bunch of her videos. They put out the rough times. Yeah. And that's half the reason, or maybe even more than half, the reason they're so popular. Yeah. I mean, they're popular because they're great athletes for the first, you know, yeah. in the first place. But... There's, uh, there's athletes as good as them that have nowhere near the fans. Yeah. I think for the reason that they're just sharing more. And, um, oh, I'd, I'd love to see a Molly Sidell YouTube series uh, video, video. She's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's got a
1: really dry sense of humor. I love it. Um, I think it's cool. I, I wonder why fan. she hasn't. I mean, she might, it
0: might be coming. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know anything about that. But uh, God, that'd I. be good. Yeah. She'd be
1: good. I'd, I'd watch that for sure. I mean, yeah, yeah I think you're right. It's, it's it's a personality thing. And I think we need to just like let them own that and, and really... Mm do that yeah we've got to encourage it and we've got to support them when they do right yeah. and um, and be okay with them yeah and, and look
0: there's there's lots of components of this we could go on for hours um, but the, I, the money thing is something that we've briefly touched on but it's very really yeah. important yeah and it's that and you said before like triathlon has three sports more sponsor opportunities yeah um, I don't know the salaries of these athletes I have a rough idea yeah but I think that the top 10 in Ironman uh, as a median yeah. would be more than the top 10 probably barathons. Yeah. Um, and so that means that they have to pay to produce the content. They have yeah. to have a videographer and pay them. Yeah. And so there's probably not as much budget for them to do so. So that's one part of it for sure. Yeah. Especially if yeah. they're
1: paying your rates, mate. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, no, it's, uh, I think you're right. Look, triathlons actually working really hard at this. The PTO is not Ironman. The PTO was started uh, well after and it's about um, having rankings of professionals and then trying to actually get them paid. So they'll pay very low. And I'm talking about like top 20 or top 30 get paid. And it's not, in, I think the lowest of those who get paid, say call it 20th or 30th, whichever one it is. And apologies for not for not knowing that off the top of my head. But they get enough to cover the fact that to to, to actually make it to that race. So that in itself is huge. Because uh, there are some people who, you know, if you come 10th in a marathon major, like you might not get paid. Yeah. Especially if you're not, it's a bit different for Americans racing in America, perhaps, but otherwise, like you don't get a lot of money for that. So there's definitely a component of that is like how do we split that up because it's very top heavy in running it really is top heavy and that also encourages dns because if you're not gonna get paid if you come 12 like why are you finishing yeah that's true you know that's a huge part of it and you know so i think that's part of it i think that in triathlon they seem to be able to race more frequently Mm. even ironmans for some reason and they seem to be able to race like you would very rarely see a marathon or race more than three a year people do multiple ironmans a year or, or half ironmans and ironmans like so there's probably a few more of those um I think the half distance, like so, half Ironman is more popular than half marathons are in terms of professionals and and supporting it. Mm. Whereas participation rates, uh, you know, obviously in, in marathoning is and half Iron marathons are huge. So I think there's a big there, and I think, yeah, it's probably a disconnect as well between times because of the time focus of running. Yeah, I think there's a disconnect from the every the everyman because they just can't relate to running a three minute kilometer, whereas the time the time you do in an Ironman is kind of irrelevant yeah. um, it's so heavily influenced by the day like no one can relate to doing a seven and a half iron, uh, hour Ironman of course because that's it, otherworldly and yet it still feels closer to a nine hour Ironman than than my you know my
0: 245 feels to 201 in Berlin so um, yeah. yeah one man who I really appreciate in the sport is uh, Stephen Schoolin. yep YouTube channel and podcast shares it all throws it all out there shares his mental health struggles yeah brilliant and he's—I mean—he even said on our podcast, those have listened to about a month and a half ago, he has such a crazy uh, loyal fan base. Yeah, you know, people just love him no matter what he does. Yeah, and Lionel—he reminds me of Lionel. Seen so yeah. this a lot. Yeah, for sure. There needs to be a lot more of that, in I think. Uh, but he, again, very unique personality. Yeah. So it's tough. To engineer that you can't engineer it
1: you know? that's the thing it's, it's authentic right and it's
0: niche both of them are very
1: niche and that's, it's a really apt way to describe them but you'll find your like crowd of weirdos that go with you right whatever that is <laughs> whatever you well I don't think either of them are that weird but you know like if I did a YouTube channel like I would find my weirdos and you would find your weirdos like, that's how you have to do it is just you know we've talked a bit about this in terms of content to sort of <clears throat> peek behind the behind the curtain a little bit, but there's this, you know, Kevin Kelly's famous 1,000 true fans, right? That needs to... That exists for athletes as well.
0: Mm, yeah. And I don't know, it's interesting to see where it'll, where it'll go. I mean, I've always said that um, <coughs> Rewind five years ago, no runners had YouTube channels. Now, yeah. 10% of them do at best. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, in triathlon, six years ago, seven years ago, none of them had it. Now they almost all do. Yeah. So it's definitely a trend. I mean, it's. I mean, I've probably... I'll probably push the, the note a little bit here on YouTube because that's my that's my special that's my space Yeah. Um, but I mean even podcasting is something that um, a yeah. few athletes have uh, you know I've appreciated actually Brett Robinson and um, Joel yeah. Joel Turbin, uh, down in down in Melbourne have uh, have have done yeah. pretty well with their Yeah yeah. there for the kudos uh, podcast I've listened yeah. to a few of them and sure. yeah there's a few other good ones popping up and Scully podcast is it's basically just him talking rambling on himself. Awesome. Uh people love that so um yeah it'd be really good to see more and you know I think one response people often have is to this is like but Instagram people are doing good stuff on Instagram and and I think I don't know like yeah, that's, that's, that's something, but it's, it's also not that engaging to to post a picture and get likes. I mean, it depends on what's in the caption and what's, what's really, the context is important there, but, um, I I don't think posting pictures of, of, of people running and, and just putting a a one line up motivation thing. I'm I'm not sure really how, how powerful that is anymore. It's sort of like, it's so much of it that, yeah.
1: Well, it was, look, it was big,
0: a little while ago. Yeah, it was like but yeah.
1: video is such the medium now. Like let's yeah. it TikTok exists. Yeah. I just as a concept, right? And so and Instagram is moving that way. Um yeah. it's one of the reasons I'm not as active on Instagram as I used to be uh, is that I just don't do video. Um yeah. and you know, I work at a company that has um you know, we do content, uh, not explicitly but that is part of what we do and and I work on the marketing team and yeah, social media person's always telling me like, we need more video, we need more video, we need more video. And it's like, it's got to be 60 seconds or less. And I'm like, well, how do we even do this? Yeah. And like, it's just an insatiable beast because like you, you produce 60 seconds of video and it disappears in a day. Like no one cares. Yeah. yeah. If it, it's very fleeting and in the moment. Um, and that's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard to invest money in that. YouTube's a little bit different. Right? You have a huge
0: channel, people go back and watch that stuff. But no one will watch, like no one will go back in your Instagram feed. That's very true. People don't think about that. It's no. very time, not not time sensitive, you know, it, it yeah. disappears fleeting. As yeah. Yeah. Way. It's, yeah, it's fleeting and it's, it's yeah. very... Because like once converting. you like that, Instagram algorithms throw it off. Yeah, yeah. it's like you're not seeing that again unless you go to that feed and exactly. go down to see it. Yeah. So, um, yeah.
1: you know, the creators who are doing that, that's a full-time job in itself, right? There are yeah. people who are legitimately creators and, and I've seen a couple recently and just you, once you start to realize the time taken to get
0: that stuff right, it's difficult. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's been a fair few athletes that have tried to start YouTube channels and realized it's not as easy as it seems. Yeah, yeah. The
1: editing process in itself
0: is, is a huge headache. Yeah. Well, I think this was a really interesting chat. I think we'll probably follow up on this in a future episode as well to talk more about uh, this topic. Yeah. But um, no, thanks again for joining and uh, looking forward to the future episodes.
1: Yeah, please keep the feedback coming. We had some really good responses to our uh, Kenyan episode. And uh, yeah, let us know what you want to hear more of or anything else. For sure.